Hey, Street Fight listeners, how are you doing today? Hey, now, right here in the, the lovely month of December, as everything gets dark at 5 p.m., uh, we are here to guide you through the middle of the night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 10 midnight. And every Sunday, we're taking your calls. The number to dial is uh, not up on my screen. Uh, I forgot to set up the call-in studio. I got the calls up, so. Okay. What's that number? It is 655-614. Wait a minute. 655-83-3887. Yeah, it's 614-655-3887. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, if this is your first time listening uh, from like a year ago to listen to the intro that we normally do, I'm not doing it today. Just, you know, be quiet. You know, a lot of a very long time and you're kind of interrupting everything, showing up so late to class. So if you can just keep your head down and pay attention and get on the train of Street Fight, um, you're in good hands. Uh, you can find more what we do over on patreon.com slash street fight radio including a podcast yes the only bonus patreon uh series that's about kid rock uh then we have a new episode of that up this week uh people telling you how to live yeah talked about kid rock some of his famous feuds uh including his feud with joy behar and his uh, feud with Oprah, and uh, just a weird dude, man. A lot of weird feuds. But yeah, American Podcast uh, out this week. Uh, you know, Arand? I don't know what's coming. Is it Arend or Iran? I don't know the name. Uh, Colette Arend. And uh, I don't know what this there week brings. I haven't. Yes. Uh, I have not thought about it much, but I'm sure it's going to be good. Uh, but I do know. That we Christmas Eve falls on a Friday this year. Our bonus shows come out on a Friday. And uh, me and Brett are going to do the closest possible thing to our MCU movie cinematic universe reviews that we possibly could with John Cullen. We're going to watch uh, a Kirk Cameron Christian christmas comedy comedy about keeping the christ in christmas uh so that's pretty exciting to me because i mean that thing's gonna suck it's gonna be it's free too it's so bad that it's actually a free movie um so that's wow nice. make a movie and give it away for free that's bold yeah, yeah you're not, gonna, you're not gonna make any money that way well i mean you could monetize the YouTube page, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> That's I'm, one way to do so. I want to see Kirk stomping on his hat like, they sent us a check for 47 cents. How the <laughs> fuck? It costs more to print it. This is bull crap. <laughs> what is, I'm trying to find what the movie's called. Uh, I, I think the oddest thing about it is, is that me and Brett bamboozled like, a bunch of our friends into watching those really bad Friedberg and Seltzer movies. And then uh, we, we decide, okay, we're well, 
basically what happens is I send Brett a picture of the poster and he says, I want to review that. So it's called Saving Christmas and it's called Put Christ Back in Christmas. So, uh, yeah, Brett said immediately, I want to review that. And I was like, ah, I don't want to fucking make one of our friends watch another bad movie. And then John Cullen was like, I really want to review that movie. And I was like, what is up with people that co-host podcasts with me? Yeah, they want to get down in the dirt. It looks fun from above. I mean, you can't live that way. You can't live in the filth like a pig. But uh, that's where I live. I know. You want to hear something weird? You, you have a, like- you have an insatiable appetite for slop you know what's weird you want to hear a weird story that came up so like i have been for i don't know probably three weeks waking up every morning and listening to the seether version of careless whisper okay i i have uh i don't know why i just like it i i don't i never liked seether I just get up and I listen to that, right? So, um, yeah, I. Uh, this is so obnoxious. I I don't even know what you said. It only cuts out when you say the important stuff. Every time you say it, at, but, that, like, or you know what I mean, I hear those clearly. But whenever there's a clarifying piece of information, it immediately drops. Oh, okay. So I've been waking up every day and listening to the Seether version of Careless Whisper. Oh, that God. is for three weeks i've been listening to this thing um so on thursday night i watched a documentary about kenny g that just came out on hbo and in that documentary uh they had a lot of people talking about jazz so i go you know what i haven't listened to jazz in a few years I'm going to fucking listen to some jazz. So I'm listening to jazz. I'm really loving it. I'm really loving listening to it. I find this band uh, called the uh, Delvin Lamar Organ Trio. Okay. Extremely jazz name. And it's like jazz, funk, soul, music, instrumentals. And I just, I'm going crazy. I'm loving it. I'm listening to it. And then fucking near the end of the album, all of a sudden, I hear do 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 like the guy goddamn does a careless whisper cover. Mm-hmm. So I, as soon as I find a jazz album I like, it's still the same music again. But it's badass. I, I gotta tell you, the the uh I, I don't know what they call it, uh uh, but jazz organ is uh incredible organ the organ's just a great instrument church has got that figured out yeah 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 that's what i call it too when someone you know uh improvises on my jazz or yes yes your jazz organ <laughs> jazz organ i don't know what the organ's called i just know that organ, like- it's an organ yeah but when you play it in jazz it's called a jazz organ just like trumpet like some people uh, call it just a trumpet, but I've heard people call it a jazz trumpet too. No, you haven't. Yeah. Back in high school, they'd be like, do you want to play yeah. trumpet or jazz trumpet? And I was like, neither. Of we course. all longtime listeners know you went to the stupidest high school in America. 
That's actually very true. My son graduated. My son flunked out of the stupidest high school in America. Bumper stickers. <laughs> That's also very true. <laughs> I did. I did. I didn't. I I did not get enough credits to graduate from the dumbest high school in America. I well, I could look that up. You know. I mean, it was probably style of playing a jazz band at school that was like extra credit you had to go into you know like because they can't just teach jazz in school man you got, you got all the hepcats in eighth period and just play what you feel they don't they they don't just teach they can't you're right about that though if they taught jazz in school some teacher would get in trouble for fucking teaching jazz for critical race music theory but yeah i don't know why but like that kenny g documentary had like a lot of jazz uh uh like not jazz scholars uh jazz critics Mm -hmm. and uh i just loved them so much did they rip them to shreds well yeah yeah they were ripping kenny g to shreds and stuff but they had funny outfits on well yeah of course they had funny outfits too but the best thing about them was how gatekeepery they are. They just were like, I mean, you can't really listen to jazz without knowing the full history of jazz. And it's like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the, that doesn't seem like a practical type of thing to get into. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a life, lifetime long work, you know, <sighs> this is. This is fucking up too much. Oh, you can't hear me? I mean, it's just annoying as shit. Well, I mean, okay, here's what we can... Here's I can... I think I can do this and just take the calls and then you'll have a cord the next time we do this and we're in studio. Do you just want to do it that way if it's not working? Yeah call in to call in studio and just stay on because you can do three people on the line at once okay i mean i don't i don't even care to do that that would be fine with me i don't think you could get Um, through on call in studio right now though i'd have to take a call oh yeah you okay you set the max at five yes okay so i i I, uh i don't know uh we can keep trying i don't know what to do i feel bad not doing it here's the thing don't feel bad. I will do it. And then next week, everything will be great and it'll all work. I don't know how, what to do with the screen at all, but, uh, I can do it. I'm a, I'm a big boy. I can use the chat too. All right. Enjoy. I love you, Brett. Have a good night. Peace. I'll finish up. All right. So this is just the Brian show. You're stuck with me. Um, I give I give my friends the night off if I have to. That's just the kind of guy I am. Look at the look at the screen now. Um, yeah, they should teach jazz in school, I think. So yeah, I'm a jazz guy now. I am a, a, a big time jazz guy. I don't know the whole history of jazz. Um but 
uh, I, I don't know the whole history of it, but I'm into it. You know, I'm, I've become that. So there is that. Um, oh, wow. Somebody in Fixer Punk in a chat said, I think that title goes to my high school, an online charter high school specifically marketed to teen moms. Well, I got to tell you, dude, almost every girl I went to high school with, teen mom. I mean, all my friends had babies. So um let's take some calls how about we take some calls friendos and uh see what's going on thank you for calling street fight who am i talking to tonight uh hey this is uh it's his uh psychic gasoline in the chat but i guess i'll just use that Okay, what's up, Psychic Gasoline? Is this Fart Hammer on Twitter? <laughs> no, I'm I'm Fat Fat Rocker five five thousand on Twitter. Fat Rocker five thousand. Okay, there is also a Fart Hammer though. I mean, you can't blame <laughs> me for thinking that you're Fart Rocker no. or Fat Rocker or whatever. No. I mean, that's why I gave myself such no. a weird name. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it was how I was, I don't know when, but I just wanted to add five, adding 5,000 to any at the end. It's probably like Power Man 5,000 or something like that. It was like adding 5,000 at the end of the name. We just like Fat Rocker didn't seem enough, which is stupid because I'm like, that's pretty good. Fart Rocker is crazy good. I wish I would have come up with that. You don't want to put fart, fart in your rockers. name. Everybody I know that has fart in their name uh, yeah. is bummed about it. Or like like Mike uh, Hale is bummed because he's dog boner. You know what I mean? Like people that put right, like stuff right. like that in their name get bummed out. And and like like me, I hated that I had murder in my name until somebody said it sounded like punk. And then I was like, oh okay, well that I'll fucking I'll take that. You know, right. Punk in my, my Twitter handle, punk. Um, well, punk, yeah, my Twitter I, handle's punk. I'm like Gigi Allen. It's like a name that Gigi Allen would have. What would Gigi Allen's Twitter handle have been? I don't, does he, did he ever have one? Probably not. He's, is he alive? No, he's been dead for a very long time. Uh, Gigi what Allen would, would not have, have gotten on Twitter. <laughs> He's 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 not like Varg. He's not like Varg Vikernes or Vierkness or whatever the guy from the uh, black metal band that that killed somebody that's racist. He's on Twitter and it's always oh, like, wait. wow. Okay, that's not the dude that sent people like part of a skull, is it? Is it that dude? I think it is. Didn't some yeah. like metal band send a skull pieces in the mail? Someone in the chat said we would know Gigi Allen was around if he still walked the earth. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I don't think he would fade away into obscurity. He would have been canceled be like, by shit. Now. Yeah, no, yeah, he would have never been. Yeah, he would, I don't think we ever he would have ever gotten started. They would be canceled yeah, before he, he began. Yeah, canceling would have been. I, I, I mean, I think that's okay to cancel that guy. But uh, yeah, 
I think it's yeah, okay. I remember like him. getting taken over to a punk friend's house and he was like, yeah, you got to check out this dude. Like we like, it basically was like a really like a very, a very punk, uh, moment for like basically just me in a very like, uh, suburban like friends and like house watching like it was like american history x followed by like jackass videos followed by here's dg allen and i was like i can't this is too much dude this is too much all at one all at one night that's true yeah like, i mean, like i didn't like see greatest hit. people so the thing about i think that built like the gg allen uh mythos was like when i was a kid you only could hear about him there like you would have had to have like gone to the record store and bought a vhs of gg allen's like shit right so like i wasn't gonna fucking do that i don't i didn't even like punk when i was growing i hated punk growing up i i like there was a guy in my neighborhood that had a mohawk and I hated his guts because he had a mohawk. You know, I just was not into punk. But to be fair, the guys that get the mohawks, they do it thinking you're going to hate them. That's just the way things are. Um, but um, uh, let me let me fix them off the while. And the chat said Brett pulled a no call. No show, didn't he? He did not. It is not his fault. His internet is very bad. And, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You can't really fix it. So I decided to uh, do it on my own. And uh, that's the way it works. But um, so I never saw Gigi Allen until I was way older and saw Hated and um, was like, oh, my God. That was fucking crazy. But when I was a kid, I fucking like just a teenager. I was like, my friends would be like, have you ever heard of Gigi Allen? And uh, people would be like, uh, he eats his own fucking turds on stage. And I was like, he eats his own turds. That's fucking crazy. So like, I just knew about this guy who ate his own turds. And, uh, you right. know, that's a pretty crazy thing to do. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's really no better, like, clickbait, you know, I mean, that you could really get word of mouth wise. Like, you eat your own turds. I mean, you're going to be an outcast in some way if you actually do it, but you could <laughs> be, like, ways. a brilliant, you know, marketer, like, just to get people to come to whatever the hell you did on stage. Which... Yeah, I would like to do something like that. I, I, not eat my own turds. But like, I am of this thing now where it's like, I, I am of the mind now where like, I want to buy like kendo sticks or, or other stuff that me and Brett can just hit each other with on stage when we go back to live performance, because I feel like it's the only problem is it puts you on like a runaway train, right? when you're smacking each other around on stage, like, where do you go after that? And then, you know, you end up eating your own turds and I'm not willing to go that far. So that's not going to work. And, uh, so, and no, I, I, I mean, I would bring the Sawzall, but I'm not going to. So, 
uh, uh, it's going to be a lot. I Well, off the wall in the chat said I'd pay $5 to get beat with a stick. Don't think we didn't already talk about, like, uh, we'll smack the fans around if they ask us to. But uh, I don't think the venue owners would be very happy. <laughs> be like when we used to give people shots of menthol tobacco flavored vodka from the stage and we got a shitload of trouble in Massachusetts for it. So what's up, uh, uh, Psychic Gasoline? What's going on tonight? I was going to call and talk to you about drugs, but hang on. I was just like uh, I'm in the middle of a delivery. I'm actually at work right now. Um, oh, okay. It's weird. Stop, it? Take your time. Hey, you know, if you're calling from work, you get a real wide berth, okay? So uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's a weird, you know, you get bored. That's it's you know, I agree. Answer the door. I yeah. I okay. We're gonna hear a delivery here. Yes, you can call. Oh yeah, Riku. Maybe I don't know yet. Yes, you can call. You will get through. Hey, thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome so much. Have a great night. Good tip. You get a good tip. Uh, let's take a look. Yeah, they did. All good right, tip, right next, on, uh, man. Good deal, yeah, but, good deal. You know, yeah, that's so the what's thing. going on? Like, I'll have. Well, okay, yeah. So I was last uh, in the uh, basement show. You were talking about your time at the pharmacy. I was losing it in the chat because I, I was a pharmacy tech. Was like, I was like three years. I worked at CVS, and it was just a very triggering. I just like. I, I, everything that you said is pretty like it resonated with me. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Also, um, I also wanted to touch on what was that? Oh, let's see. I wrote some notes. A farm tech drug discounts, strapped working insurance scam pills. That's what I wrote down. So love those. <laughs> This is like a brain dump of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, so it was just like, it sounds like you, there was only two people working there, which is just right from the get-go. So what I was saying is that everything in the pharmacy, like it, it, whether or not you know this, I know, like I, it's hard, sometimes it's hard to tell whether or not like, you know, you don't know something, Brian, or if it's just you're trying to be funny about it. But I, I wanted to say, like, this is what you were experiencing is just like, it's what, it's, it's, it's what retail pharmacy is all about. I just, I think that's what they, that's the experience they want you to have, I think. Um, well, I think I, I, way that they, I do, after working at a call center, I did realize that, I, I mean, I do know that like, they don't just want you standing around so they they make you they artificially sort of uh uh make make the you have lines so that you're constantly working is that what it is uh it's hard to tell like what what time of the day was it that you were there uh seven thirty in the night at in the night okay so one of the things that I had to do was just like a call center thing, which was 
call at that time it wasn't automated but it was call basically old people mostly and tell them to refill prescriptions that they didn't need anymore um or forgot that they already filled or already have like 600 pills of where their doctor told them to stop taking it three months ago or they switched to a new doctor and you know that was just like what it was so that was there was usually one person like just standing in front of the screen just staring at the screen and on the phone the whole time um everything in a pharmacy has to go through the pharmacist. The pharmacy tech cannot answer one question about any like medical related thing. So if you say, if I ask, if you go up to a pharmacy, like a pharmacy tech and you say, Hey, can I take uh, Advil for this headache I have? They will not le- They cannot legally tell you. Yes. A pharmacist has to tell you that. Man. Okay. And, All right. And yeah. So any, like that, and do you have any questions for the pharmacist is, a legal required question to ask too. And it's because of the uh, interaction. So what I said in the chat that uh, if you are on high blood pressure medication and you take like dick pills like Viagra, it can kill you, which is what they say in the commercials, which is could cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. So yes, people have died because of that, um, of drug interaction. So it's a real thing. Um, and sometimes fucking straight up, people use the pharmacy as their doctor's office. I had a guy come in he was like a farmer and like he, he didn't even want to give he didn't want to give me a social this dude had a bleeding like stump of a finger that he laid down in front of me and he was like wanting and needing help you know but he, this motherfucker comes to the pharmacist thinking that you know he can just like he didn't want to go to a hospital I, he just was afraid of like any documentation which i can i got no i get i get it <laughs> i get it but it was just like it was bizarre um i had another dude that like cried I had a bunch of people that cried, but like another dude that cried full on, um, obviously a pill head, but the interesting thing about him, like I had to tell him, no, you can't have any of your oxys or whatever because you had too many of those. And this dude likes tourist, like shirt open, like button style, like pop, 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 pop. And like, he had a full size, like, like Spider-Man tattoo, like all over his chest, which I thought was badass. but I was like, I can't tell you how cool your tattoo is right now in this moment because well, I mean, this is a sensitive issue, but yeah. And like another thing was like insurance things. So a lot of times, like you've experienced this before, and I know you guys have talked about it where, um, they will, you know, your doctor says, Hey, you should be on this medication. And then you get to the pharmacy and they're like, and you're like, Hey, I got this pill, like paper where the doctor sent something in and said, I should be on this medication. And they're like, well, your insurance doesn't say that they say you should be on this other one. That's well, it's cheaper. And we want you to do this first. And, you know, go through a rigmarole of six months of this other thing that doesn't work as well. Because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I, um, I, uh, so- I hate that. I fucking, uh, uh, it happens to me. You know, what ends up happening to me every month is like, I just want to get, I, I hate how they pee. I know why they do it with the pills or whatever, but like, I would really like to be able to conveniently just pick up my shit while I'm at the store instead of waiting until they tell me I can. It's like meds is the only thing where like there, I, I don't know. I hate being on medicine. I wasn't on medicine until I was like 26 years old, but I've been on medicine (laughs) since then. And I'm like, why? I hate being on medicine. It's the worst. I would like to be able to get all my drugs from a drug dealer because that is like much easier than dealing with a pharmacy. 
But yeah, I wasn't mad at the pharmacist people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, sure, I yeah. understood what was going on. I felt like really bad for the lady that was working. Yeah. And like, I, my wife was talking about it with me the other day and was like, you know, when we got back there to get the shots, she wanted to be like, hey, we understand what's going on. But it seemed like the pharmacist or the or the pharmacy tech was like, I don't I don't want to talk about this. She she wanted to, like, talk about literally anything else other than her situation. So we just kind of did that <laughs> instead. Uh -huh. And uh, it, it seemed like she was pretty happy. You know, it, it, it really sucks. Uh, uh, number one, not, not having, um, what's the word? Not having cash on me a lot makes me feel like shit sometimes. Cause that is like a situation where I would love to be able to hand, hand her, you know, 20 bucks as a tip. But I also know that she probably wouldn't take it because they can get in trouble if they take a fucking tip. I mean, if ever in this world there are people that should be tipped, it's it's the people at the grocery store. <laughs> Especially now, you know, people are just screaming at people. You know, my sister works at a restaurant and told me that she got actually screamed at loudly, cussed out, because they didn't have ketchup yeah. because the supply, they couldn't get ketchup. They're, they, like, couldn't uh -huh. order it. And uh, I was just like, uh, and she works in like a fine dining restaurant. So like, mm -hmm. you know, shouldn't have to have ketchup. <laughs> like they, they shouldn't be asking no, for it, but I guess own, whatever. Own fucking ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I feel, I felt for that woman and, uh, I, I always like the pharmacy is just a place where like, it seems like a high stress customer service job to me of, of, of like all the customer yeah. service jobs. I mean, the cable job I thought was pretty high stress because people hate the cable company, but I think people really hate the pharmacy maybe even more than the cable company. Really? It's a, you don't know. It's a nightmare. Like it. So like in that moment, like you, you got people coming from, Either they're coming from their doctor's office or they're coming from, they just got this horrible diagnosis and they got to, you know, start this new medication or they, you know, whatever it is, they got like five kids in the car or, and you're, you're, their shit is not ready. And, or, you know, whatever it is, or their insurance is said no, or there's some problem, any problem that comes up, you know, or it's like a, a $500 that they weren't expecting to have to spend, you know, and that happens, that happens all the fucking time it's always, it's always a surprise and it's almost always a surprise when you go to the pharmacy and it's never a really like positive experience. I mean, sometimes people get drugs and they're so excited to be on them because they save their lives and they make them feel better. But then sometimes it's just another fucking reminder of how shitty this experience is you're having to go through, but it's almost never like a personal thing. I think, like the, the people in that are going, the patients going to get the medications or whatever it is from the pharmacy aren't mad at the people in front of them. They're mad at the situation that, that we are all in and, the, and that they are in, you know, because it feels True. like Kafka-esque sometimes. I remember that feeling. It was just like, but then the other thing I wanted to mention was, um, are, you, are you aware, or had you been told 
about by either your doctor or any pharmacy tech. One thing that the pharmacy techs can do is help uh, you save money on drugs. And that's not, and I don't mean just like giving you a here or whatever that is, drug RX card or whatever that crap is. Um, that can save some people some money, but I'm talking about like specific to the brain na- brand name drug discount cards. Have you ever heard of those? Yes, yes. I, I, I just got one in the mail, actually. Yeah, so I, I, over the time I was there for three years, I don't know how much money. I probably, I saved people thousands of dollars because I actually kept those in like a file. Like the drug reps would come around and, and bring those to you. So they, how they work is if you have any, any private insurance, uh, it doesn't work with any, um, any government insurance. So no TRICARE, you know, military or, um, or Medicare or Medicaid. It won't work with those. Um, but if you have like private health insurance through an employer or you pay for it, um, individually, it will, you can add those on as a supplemental. So, and they'll take off a portion of whatever your copay is. It, it can, it can be very helpful. I mean, I remember one guy bought me a case of beer because of it, you know, I mean, these people are, people really like need help, you know, and I, I felt for people, but you, you can't feel too much. And the thing is, is that people just weren't, a lot of pharmacy techs just weren't willing to take the extra time. Um, and that was, that to me was a disservice and it was sad because it was just leaving money on the table a lot of times. And then this doesn't mean like switching your medication. Now that's something that the insurance companies do, which I am so fucking opposed, opposed by, but it's just, you can really like, so if anybody listening, if you happen to be on an expensive medication or you don't know where, how you're going to afford it and it's, and it's brand name only, and there's not a generic available for it, look up who makes that drug, the manufacturer and go to the, just Google, do a quick Google search or whatever. And there's a good chance that you will just by filling out some information through the, to the manufacturer, they'll send you a discount card. And uh, if you're in, and, or ask your doctor's office, or sometimes they have them behind the pharmacy too, but they're not going to bring it up to you because it takes time to do, to rerun the shit. And sometimes you got to fill shit out. But I mean, I've done it. I had a behind the card, you're behind the counter. And I said, Hey, just go sit over here, call them real quick, come back. And the dude's like, man, you just saved me 50 bucks a month, you know? Right. And it's so, oh, it's like, I, it was easy for me to do that. I got prescribed something that was going to be $480 a month. And uh, the pharmacist no was like, uh, what was that? Oh, just reacting that amount of money per month. Yeah, it was going to be 480 a month. And the uh, pharmacist was like, hey, um, I'll go ahead. And I have insurance, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, right. the, the pharmacist found it for me for free for three months. But uh, it was... Uh, mm-hmm. um, it was an anti-anxiety. It was like a, a one of those pills you have to take every day, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you come off of it, there's bad problems and shit like that, uh, like an SSRI, but right. not one. And um, I decided not to take it. I, I I went and picked up the first script that they got me for free, but I was just like, well, but fucking in three months, I'm going to have to come up with $480 a month. So there's no real reason for me to get on this medicine at this point. <laughs> so, well, and well, see, drug manufacturers have different discount programs too. So that's uh, one of them. Here's, here's a trial one. Here's one that'll get the patients down to $15 one. Here's one that'll get them patients down to $30. That's, 
and, and then it lasts for 12 whole months. But coming from where you're coming from, I completely understand. But anyway, yeah, I, I just wanted to talk about that. I mean, just like, all right. I didn't think of any Ill, Ill, Ill of you at all or anything like that. I totally, I was just like, as a, you know, just a bleeding heart from behind the counter, like trying to help people, you know, but I, it was, uh, it was just, I'm having, I was having to laugh. I was like, I just feel bad. Like two people is fucking, two people behind a fucking pharmacy counter is inexcusable and shame on That's the crazy. fucking whatever happened and how they fucking did that shit. It's bullshit. You know, we need to get back to having an actual staff behind the fucking counters because people's fucking lives are, you know, in these pharmacists' hands every fucking second that they're looking at scripts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thanks for calling, Psychic Gasoline. Well, it was good listening. to hear from you. I, I got a, a full queue, so I got to work All my right, way buddy. through them here. You have a good night. Well, you have fun with them. You too. Oh, I'll have fun. I always do. Peace. All right. Well, uh, yeah, uh, I was not, I, I do have to be totally clear for, I don't know who said it in a the chat. They wondered if I'm a chud. Um, yes, but not politically, just an actual chud as a human being. Um, let's get this next call. Uh, thank you for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Yo, yo, is it is it me? This is you. What's up? Hello. Hey, what's up? How you doing tonight? I'm okay. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Just uh, spent the Sunday watching football. You know, trying to relax on my one day off. You gamble at all? No, no, just watching it for fun. You know. Well, that's. I mean. You know, I wish I could do that. Well, uh, uh, what's going on? Well, I, I do have to say, oh, oh, I, I was going to say, I do have to say, so this, my name's Lucas, by the way. I'm in, a, what's up, Lucas? Down in Tennessee. Just, oh, what's up, Brett? Or, yeah, what's up, Brian? Sorry, sorry. Um, just I Brian and I. Too, but I love to talk to you, Brian. Nice. Well, um, you're, you're stuck with just I, me. Well, that's okay. <laughs> That's more than okay. Um, I have to say, I'm a, not to talk football too much. I know this isn't a football podcast, but I'm a Titans fan. Um, and I do like to watch, uh, you know, to determine where the AFC stands. But again, it's not a football podcast. I won't go too much into it. But anyway, I'm yeah. doing good. How are you doing tonight? I am okay. Um, uh, you know. It's a, it's, I, I don't do very many solo shows. I don't know if people know that about me. Actually, they do know that I did do one solo show. Okay. So I've done one solo call in show a very long time ago when they were going four and a half hours and that was very tough and I was very tired. Um, but, uh, I one time, so when me and Brett first started, uh, we were probably working together for like a year and then he moved to Dallas and, uh, Ooh. he needed three weeks off and nobody was listening to the show. Literally there might've been 13 people listening mm -hmm. to the show at that time, if we were lucky. And one of them was the guy who made the, uh, uh theme song. 
So, you know, it was just like nobody listening at the time. And uh, I, I was like, I'm, I'll do a solo show. So it can't be that hard. You know, I've, I listened to Rush Limbaugh <laughs> a lot growing up uh, uh, when I worked at the cable company. <laughs> um yeah in 2003 2004 um so i'll just do it it is truly the hardest thing i've ever tried to do i was like six oh. minutes in and i was like i don't even know what else to say or what to do i give up and then didn't oh. end up doing a show that way Shit, man. Well, I hope that me and the rest of the colors can make it a little easier for you this time around. It'll be easy. Uh, uh, I got a. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I got a story to tell you uh, from a from a show that I went to a few years ago. If you want to hear it, I think you might appreciate. I do want to hear it. I absolutely want to hear it. All right. All right. All right. I'll tell you. I'll I'll try to keep it succinct. But uh, you know the band Knocked Loose, do you? No, I might have heard of them, uh, but I don't think I've ever heard them. No, I do not. Are they a punk band? Well, I just uh, hardcore metalcore, kind of tiptoeing the line between those two. Damn it, Brett likes metalcore. He could have and hardcore. Uh, no, I I don't know them. I think I've heard of them, but I don't know. Okay, I got you. Uh, I I well, first I would say check them out. You might like it. You might not. Who cares? Brett might. Brett would probably like it a lot. Um, well, I saw, so the story is that I saw them, I think it was 2016, 2017. I'm not quite sure. It doesn't really matter. But I saw them at this little dive bar in, uh, in Nashville. Um, and it was a cool show. Terror opened for them and some other bands I don't remember. Um, but long story short, it was a tiny show. The stage was about like, eight inches off off the ground like that sort of place um and i was you know i was i was moshing stage diving all that stuff super fun but at one point i think it was like their second to last song i staged over for i don't know probably my second or third time that night but i staged over and i saw while i was stage diving a pit open up in the crowd not like a mosh pit like an, an empty pit. <laughs> Nobody was, I, gonna, hey, nobody was gonna fucking catch me. No way. No, I've had that. I never had that happen because uh, here's the thing about me, and and I I am I am not trying to be mean to you, Lucas, but like uh, I would Dude. never, ever, ever stage dive unless the pit was fully so packed that people couldn't get away. That is not mean at all, in my opinion. That is completely valid. Um, I think you're very. That's right what you got to do. I I was I was watching. Yeah. I was actually watching. Um, I was watch. I saw a gif from wrestling where this guy just jumped up and did a fucking moonsault off the top rope, and there was nobody there, and he just landed on the floor, not in the ring, on the floor, uh, <laughs> uh, just flat. Nobody fucking caught him, and I'm like, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think you should check to see if the people are there waiting. So, yeah, well, uh, uh, well, yeah, well, here's the thing about the story. 
I was like 19 at the time. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty young. I don't know what the listener base here is, but I, I, I'm pretty young. You know, at the time I was even younger and I was dumb. So nobody caught me. I see what's going on. I twist around last second and I land on my back as you should do. Um, ran outside of the venue. I got up, ran outside of the venue, threw up in a trash can, sat down outside the venue and was just like, Oh God, uh, hate my life. Paramedics showed up, not for me, but one of them shows up or, or sorry, one of them comes up to me and was like, Hey, we got a call. Are we here for you? And I was like disoriented. I was like, Oh no, there's somebody else in there. that got knocked out. I think like, you're definitely not here for me. <laughs> and that was the end of my night. They, they took that guy away. He was fine. He, he had gotten knocked out by security because he was, he was starting a whole thing. Um, oh yeah. I got fucking knocked out. I got, I got really, I don't know if okay. I got knocked out. But I think I got concussed at a Deftones concert. Um, oh, man. They played, so they played this song that there's no way they're ever playing again. And, and just at the time, it's, uh, I, I hate that they named the song this because I don't know how it's pronounced it, pronounced, but it's Fi Real or it's F I R E A L is the uh, way that it's spelled. It's, it's the last song on their first album. And it's just not a song that you hear them play very much. And uh, I had been tired. Um, I wasn't going to go in the pit for that, for the rest of the show, because I had been in it the whole time and I was beat and I was like smoking a cigarette and, you know, just watching yeah. the show. They start playing that fucking song. I lose my mind. I put my cigarette out. I go running into the fucking pit. I'm in the front. The heavy part hits, and I'm fucking screaming for at the top of my lungs. You know, no fist to fucking save you from. Like I'm yeah, doing yeah, that. yeah. I'm fucking going wild up there, and fucking somebody comes up from behind me. And must have hit me. They hit me at the back of my neck, like near oh, God. the bottom of my head. Um, just hit me so hard that I fucking swear to you, I could not see for a few minutes. Like I, I couldn't see oh. anything. And I thought they made God. me fucking blind. I was so freaked oh, out. In the moment, uh, uh, I, I still remember the feeling and I think I was just concussed. I think I just got a concussion, but like, oof, it was scary. Right. Oh, that was it. Oh, my God. I'm sorry that happened to you, although I'm sure and I'm, I know it ended up being fine, but damn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. One, I'm totally one... fine. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. I was going to say, I have one other uh, addition to the story, which I think makes it a little funnier. Um, okay. So fast forward to earlier this year, I was at a bar. Uh, I live, like I said, I lived south of Nashville. I was at a bar a comedy show. After the show, I was talking to one of the comedians and I was wearing a 
band shirt and he we got to talking about you know hardcore metalcore bands i told him the same story i just told you and he was like dude i was at that show <laughs> you're the guy that stage dove and no one caught you and i was like yeah i just told you the story he was like i heard that you died you're a fucking legend in nashville hardcore and i was like what do you mean what do you mean I've been to so many shows since then. You're a legend now. You are. And, and I, probably somebody has told you the story of you. And you just didn't fucking know. I'll bet you that might have happened. Honestly, dude, I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. like that's, it's, it's possible. This fucking crazy. idiot at a uh, knocked loose concert, you know, he jumps. Nobody catches him, and you're like, "Yeah, that happened to me once." And they're like, actually talking about you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh god, yeah. This this freaking imbecile stage over. Nobody caught him. He didn't know not to do that. Yeah. Well, it is well, anyway. That to be. Like the only shows I've ever staged over at were an ICP show where like everybody's crushed up against the front so that they can get Fago on them so they can tell people later on like, oh, I got Fago on me at an ICP concert and uh, at right. a Cold Chamber concert that was sold out in a very small venue. Those are the only two times I've staged over and like I... I you know, there's nowhere for anybody to go, so they gotta catch it. <laughs> it's the way I I think. Right, of it. right. All well, right. Well, they so small. I. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. It was probably just a small show, like, like not sold out. Yeah, it was small. Like, like, the, the, the venue was tiny. I think the capacity was maybe 80 people and it was to capacity. So I, yeah, thought I was, you know, thought I was going to get caught. But anyway, I know you got more calls in the queue. I don't want to tie up the line. I just, uh, first time calling in, definitely wanted to talk to you. Uh, I feel, well, feel great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, have a good night, Lucas. You Boom. as well, man. I'll talk to you soon. I'll Call in Peace. All right. Yeah. Call in anytime. Bop, 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 bop. I would like to be a legend from something happening at a concert. That would be fucking incredible. So, yeah. All right. Let's uh, take another call. Hey, hey, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who am I talking to tonight? Uh, hello, Brian. I want to start out this phone call by saying, uh, ain't nobody going to tell me how to live. And mm -hmm. this is Danny from Brooklyn. What's up, Danny? How's it going? And, and you know, you can do better than that. Ain't nobody going to tell me how to live. <laughs> I don't have my. Yeah, I, want, up I right wanted now. to go. Yeah, I, I wanted to go um, minimal. I wanted to go minimal, minimalist with it, but I could certainly do that. Like, nobody gonna tell me how to live. You know. I reported some news on that song on the Patreon, and uh, uh, actually played it 
but uh, that is a monster truck song that Kid Rock just rapped over like he did with Sad But True. Um, that was already that was because he gets, actually he just, monster truck song. I mean, honestly, props because he chose the right beat then because, I mean, it felt just like a Kid Rock song. So, I mean, he knows his sound. He knows what's, what's up with him and his life. So, you know, he's a, he's a savvy beat chooser. It is. And I got to tell you, that song, you know, I, somebody I, I, on Twitter said that, like, it's good and that, like, people are only saying that they don't like it because they don't like the message but or the words he's saying. But I, 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 let me just real quickly say that lyrics make up a part of the song, right? That if the lyrics mm -hmm. are bad in a song, that's one way that the song's not good. But on top of that, it's not a good song. <laughs> <laughs> that's all yeah it's just bad it's just no, a bad fine. song yeah yeah i mean it's not it's it's not breaking any uh it's not trying to steer too far out of its lane um but you, you know i mean i don't know i don't know what else there is to expect about it, uh, about it. i think it does what it's supposed to do you know and i'm i, I wouldn't i wouldn't uh look into it beyond that it's just I don't know if it's worth the time. Um, right. And Riku, Riku in the chat said like, and, and everybody knows this about me is I enjoy bad shit, but the kid rock song is worth like one listen just so you get what's going on. And that is like, that is, that's the point is that like, it's not me being a fucking snob or anything like that. Number one, because I can't, I don't have that in me to be a music snob, but like number two, it just like, I, I mean, it's not, it's ironic listening to it. It's funny. Like it's funny to hear, but like I listen to like pretty Brett always says that the only country music that I listen to Brian, the only country music that I listen to is, is, by Republicans, like because I like like Hank Williams Jr. and and uh, Jamie Johnson and and guys like that. Like that's the kind of country music that I like. And like, so it's not even the message that's a turnoff to me. You know, I I listen to all kinds of music by all kinds of people that I don't agree with their politics or anything like that. I just think the song sucks. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's funny you should mention that element of it because uh, I was thinking about a couple of things that you guys have said over, I want to say like the last month, month and a half when it comes to, um, you know, conservative minds or reactionary people who have, you know, they're very vocal about their reactions, you know, much like, um, oh, why am I forgetting his name? The comedian you guys hate. Flash love. Um, oh, Jim Brewer on Instagram. Brewer, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when you were playing those clips of him 
Uh, it was really interesting to me because I, I basically did comedy for like about 10 years and stopped when coronavirus happened because it just it wasn't really working for me in that way. And I just decided to move on to do other things. But something that I got pretty um, familiar with and comfortable with is uh, like post-production and uh, camera stuff and recording and what have you. And when you played that uh that clip of him and maybe this ties into like kid rock stuff as well uh especially when you look at his music video uh something that i think comes up over and over and over again especially with these like really odd reactionary minds is like um a complete just a, re- a real big lack of technical te- technology te- technological competency when it comes to like actually putting out their product and like, you know, their, their message, like they really, they really tout this very, like, I have this profound message to put out here. It really needs to be heard by everybody. And this isn't to say that like all music has to sound crystal clear, like a tie fi or whatever, all comedy has to be, you know, perfectly audible, but you know, the Jim Brewer thing, especially I was like, you know, I know how this was shot. This was shot off of a, you know, prosumer, maybe like $600 handy cam. I, I absolutely, and like, I can tell just by the audio, like that's what, that's what was taking in that audio. He didn't grab the mic sound at all. And it's, I didn't look at the clip, but it sounded like he had multiple angles, you know? I was like, there's, there's no way no. like that, no, that, got, weren't. That, that got made. With, there oh, there was only and, one and angle. It was one angle. And it's in like really bad definition. Um, it honestly, what it looks like to me is him taping himself so that he can figure out the set. But like, you shouldn't put that on the internet. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you know, and it's it's weird. No, it's, yeah, it's because just, like it's with just us, really weird when people do that. It is weird, like because with us, it's like we did used to really, really, really want to stream all of our live shows because we were doing different things with, like, for every one of the shows, and we were only doing it once a month. But once we switched to tour, but the you know, me and him couldn't pay attention to what was happening on the stream and, and like all kinds of shit. And we just didn't want to fuck with it anymore and uh, just do the live show. The live show lives in the live show. Plus we, we can't do a different show every week, but or every month, like we can't do a different show every show. If we're doing five shows in, in, in two weeks or seven shows in two weeks. So it doesn't kind of work that way, but I do not, I, I wonder why he was posting. Like, I feel like maybe he posted that as like a way to get you excited for his special, but like advertising the special in the same tweet that you're putting this thing up makes people think that like this is what the special's gonna be it's just really poorly done and it's very it's very funny because like i mean the thing about brewer the thing about like 
like uh, uh, Kid Rock. Um, you know, I could even bring up a, a guy like, you know, several uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, Eric Clapton. Mm -hmm. Like, it is very, very easy to get press by being one of those guys. Like, they will come and find you if you're one of those guys. And, you know, I'm not saying that, like, I deserve some big amount of press, but there are legit famous, like, or, or comedians that are just, like, right under, you know, uh, that are, like, able to get on TV and shit that probably have to, like, they could be on a Tonight Show and stuff like that, that still have to fight to get somebody to cover them. But, like, Jim Brewer shows up fucking everywhere. <laughs> It's crazy to me. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, it's weird. Um, it's weird because people try and put so much effort into getting on these platforms, whether it is a late night spot or uh, a Comedy Central uh, special or, or, or a 30-minute special, anything like that. But, you know, these relics from 10, 20, 30 years ago, I guess it's. I guess it's not a terribly or I guess it's not a terribly original point, or it's not something that really you know deserves like a ton of analysis. But it is. I think it is very unique how like a, a, a thing that just sort of keeps coming up is that they they kind of are just sort of like a little bit behind the ball when it comes to just sort of like yeah this critical decision making when it comes to like this thing that's so important to them, which is like their career, you know, to, to just sort of be like, you know, I have this message and that like, you know, it is going to go through the, the fucking, you know, compressor of my iPhone, you know, nine. And that is what you are going to hear on this. And, you know, the only time I've ever seen it done kind of tastefully is uh, Judah Friedlander. His Netflix special is, really interesting because it's shot solely on like his phone but like he's a really weird character and he has a whole act that basically uh re revolves around that character and it's purposely kind of like for lack of a better word kind of like avant-garde but like everywhere else you know i can't i can't emphasize enough how easy it is to make stuff sound like 70 or 80 percent better with like a not huge investment into like what it takes to to either know how that equipment works or just how much money it costs like if you want to buy something or it's like if you want something to sound a hunt like a hundred percent perfect it does cost like ten thousand dollars but if you oh, want yeah, something to sound sure. like 80 or or 90 percent perfect it costs like maybe five hundred dollars <laughs> like, like it's it sound is like a weird thing, especially too, where like video stuff changes constantly. They're always coming up with like new codecs and like new ways to compress things so it doesn't look as bad. But like you can use microphones from the 1970s and it will still sound great because sound is just a little different than that. You know, it's it's a different medium and um, it doesn't degrade the way like visual uh, video sensors do. Um, but yeah, that was just something I was thinking about. Um, I only had um, one other quick thing. And um, I know you guys had mentioned how uh, your miniseries right now are kind of sort of a little grab bag of every which uh, of like previous miniseries and what have you. 
And um, I was really curious, um, because you've mentioned them in the past, if you've ever done uh, a mini series with uh, Mike Mitchell and Nick Weiger from the Doughboys. Because I think that would be really cool if you could work it out. I mean, frankly, when I first heard you say their names, I was like, I would never have predicted that you guys super knew each other. And I don't mean that in like a underhanded way. It's just like a combo that I didn't expect. But uh, we've been on there. We were on the Doughboys. We were on the Doughboys and Nick has been on Street Fight and the POD cast. Uh you know, oh, and Nick lovely. was going to be on the, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, uh, could probably get a hold of them and do it, do something. I don't know if they'd be able to do, uh, three or a whole series. So I, I'm not really sure. Um, I haven't talked to them. And since, uh, we were in LA the last time. Yeah. I, I mean, it was just, like I said, when I first heard you mention them and then, to hear them mention you too, I was like, oh, wow, they know each other. And it's like, as I'm, you know, it's just, they have like, um, you know, pretty legitimate, you know, writing credits and have been on like a lot of stuff. And you guys are more just focused on like anarcho communist stuff. And like, it's again, I don't want to sound belittling or anything. It's just you're both, you're both in separate lanes. So to see yeah. that connection, I don't know. It's just, it's just very cool. And uh, if there's any way to, you know, hear more of it, uh, maybe in a way that like, you know, helps them too, where they're like, you know, I don't know. I guess it would sort of have to be food related, but in any way, I think it would be, I definitely think it would be cool to hear that. Well, I like doing stuff with them. So uh, uh, hopefully more stuff happens in the future. But uh, Brett is in the chat saying they're too big time now. They left us podcasters behind ask yks <laughs> so seems like yks uh and them are beefing with each other but <laughs> i'm kidding they're not not nobody means that i don't <laughs> want people to be like oh my god <laughs> but uh yeah uh for real uh thank you thank you for calling i appreciate it and, and i do hope to do some stuff uh in the future with them but yeah nick nick's been very nice to us uh, I don't know Mitch as well, yeah, but Nick a, has been very kind to us. Oh yeah. He's a comrade for sure. And every time they talk about food, uh, stuff and food industry stuff, they're always like really quick to be like, yeah, uh, fuck this place. They are terrible to their staff or whatever. They, they definitely don't apologize, um, for any of the chains that they go to if they're shitty. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what drew me to them at first, but, uh, yeah, uh, thank you for calling. I, uh, I I appreciate it. I got to get this next call in here. Peace. All right. Uh, I will listen in on Wednesday, and you guys have a good one. All right. Listen in on Wednesday night. It's Wednesday. Yep. Yep, this Wednesday. I'm going to take another call. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Uh, what's going on tonight? Hey, Brian, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Is it Echo Earthy or should I grab my phone? 
Uh, you're okay for now. It seems okay. Okay. The one thing I wanted to say, I say was, or uh, skillet. Never mind. Hang up on me. Oh, okay. I will do that. I don't, I don't know what happened there, uh, but I something about skillet. Let's get this next call in. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who am I talking to tonight? Weird area code. Hey, Brian. Hey, hey man, what's Nick up? From New Zealand. Good. Nick from Good. New Zealand. I've been listening for a really long time, and I thought I'd call in from the other side of the world and say hello. That's wild. Yeah, I saw your zip code, and I was like, this person is not from the United States, but I don't know exactly what a plus is. Like when it says plus before, that's like other countries here. We just go uh, uh, the old 10 digit number. No pluses are in. So I had like a really like a hard time trying to figure out how to ring the states on like a landline system because I mean, nobody's done that for years, really like ringing internationally off a, you know, mobile. It's all digital stuff these days. Yeah, people have told us that it's like super hard to call in if you're not in the United States. Like it's a whole hassle. But yeah, I mean, I nobody found, I found here it super hard because, like, I mean, for me, it's three o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday, and I normally work Monday to Friday, so um, I've got the day off today, which is fantastic, and and it's awesome to be able to ring through and sort of give an update on what's going on, you know, over here on the other side of the world. I'm from Christchurch. I'm not sure if you've heard of that city before in New Zealand? I have heard of Christchurch. Uh, what is going on there? Um, well, it's, it's, it's about 12 degrees and raining at the moment, which I, I looked up and Columbus is exactly the same, apparently. So we've got that to share between us. Um, <laughs> Christchurch I don't know a- uh, Celsius at all. We, don't, we, we do it the other way. It is 55 degrees here which would be incredibly hot there if it were 55. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's either got up that far in New Zealand at all. I think our max is like <laughs> uh, 42 degrees or something like that, Celsius. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm just ringing in. Um, it's, it's the end of the year and it's a real weird time, but I feel like, and I'm not sure what it's like in Ohio, but... Um, me and my partner just bought a house this year and in New Zealand, our median house price just got over $1 million, which in American is about 700 grand. Um, and we managed to buy a house for $500,000 New Zealand. And it sort of feels like we are sort of the last out of, you know, before the housing market just goes completely crazy to ever actually get housing security. So it's it's a real weird fucking time because I'm really in loving it. Like we're able to have a dog for the first time. I'm able to have like a vegetable garden and stuff. But like for all my friends and and especially people younger than me that haven't able but been save up, sort of feels like everyone's going to be stuck renting and be in really perilous situations forever. That's wild. So, I mean, what I don't I don't quite I I I get why i think the housing they it's actually so gross that they say this but they're like i get like messages 
a lot that say the housing market is hot right now. And it's like, I think that means that's a bad thing, though, when it's it's really it's like it, it is really fucked up because like, I mean, you, you, they advertise it and, and I'm sure you scroll through Facebook and have ads pop up with people saying, you know, like this house is perfect for um, investors, like invest your money in this this house rather than, you know, talking about it as like this is a house you can live in and raise a family. It's really fucked up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I Do you know, like, like, I guess, like, do you know why? It, it it like it, it's expensive over there. Like I I don't I I don't well, understand it, fucking shit. <laughs> New Zealand so. New Zealand is the only person uh, only place left in the world without a capital gains tax, which means that if you own lots of houses and generate a lot of money off them, you don't pay any tax on the um on the money that you've made off housing. So it's really fucked up. And we've got uh like a sort of le- a center left party in New Zealand that has just entered its second term. And, um, like, uh, our leaders, you know, did a, um, essentially said she's not going to put a capital gains tax in while she's in parliament. So it's, we're sort of really fucking ourselves over and we've ruled out any chance of fixing it. That's wild. It's what, what is like, is, is like, what kind of, do you guys, do you have universal healthcare in New Zealand? Well, the fucked up thing with New Zealand is that like our working, um, like our labor laws uh, and well, our working conditions in general are really good. Like we've got a really um, reasonable minimum wage, which is like $20 an hour now. Um, we've got, uh, you know, good breaks. We've got universal health care. Um, in, in general, everything's really good, but we also have some really kind of fucked up things like um, in terms of unionism, like you can't have a strike um, unless it's at the end of your collective agreement, which means that you can't have solidarity strikes. Um, that's probably the most fucked up thing because obviously as a worker, the, the, the best thing you can do is withdrawal of power. So you can only do that at the end of a collective agreement if there's a breakdown in renegotiating it, if that makes any sense. I mean, so, so you really strip the workers yeah. of any rights to, to solve any problems. It's funny because I was going to be like a dipshit there and and say like, you know, oh, that sucks. But like, really, I mean, that is one thing that we have, but there are people that aren't allowed to strike uh, at all. Like, um, you know, cops, but fucking who cares? Uh, uh, But I'm trying to think of who the other people are that aren't like legally allowed to strike. Probably like healthcare. I guess it would be like air traffic controllers and shit. Yeah, no, they struck and then Reagan broke the strike with a uh, uh, scabs, and then they just. I don't think the union ever got back in power after that. So, yeah. Yeah, it it is. I mean, it's really funny in New Zealand because Reagan, like, um, and Thatcher at the same time, right? Like, we had that happen in New Zealand, like a whole mass privatization of state assets and a full swing to neoliberalism. But it actually happened under the Labour, like, you know, supposedly uh, democratic socialist government in in the <laughs> mid eighties, which is really fucking funny. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, like, that's where I think a lot of conservatism. I mean, maybe I'm wrong or whatever, but they make a lot of their gains when there's a Democratic president. 
uh, uh, or a Democratic, you know, maybe not majority because obviously they want to be able to get things done. But in this country, it's sort of like the Democrats like spend all their time trying to prove that they will work with the Republicans and the Republicans spend all of their time trying to prove that they will never work with the Democrats. So it's kind of a really yeah, weird I, I, situation. In New Zealand, we have like a, a, a kind of different system where like, um, uh, cause we have like a coalition, uh, an MMP style parliament, which is I think the same as Canada. And you end up with sort of situations where two parties will um, join together to form a government. Um, so while there's generally an opposition party, like they will just be an opposition. And at the moment we've got a, a national sort of center right party that is solely being purely oppositional, but they don't have any power to change anything anyway. So it's, um, it's kind of different because we don't have like a, a Senate and a Congress. So it's good in that yeah. way, but, um, kind of fucked up in other ways. Um, sure. I didn't want to stick around for too long, but I thought I'd just, um, say thanks again for putting so much awesome content out um and uh, i just really want to encourage anybody um around to sort of invest in community action as much as they can especially if anybody's listening in new zealand we're um in christchurch we've got the canterbury socialist society which i'd really want to promote and newly formed in wellington the wellington socialist society um which we just put on some really small events and, and speeches educating about socialism. Just put on a really successful event in Wellington about um, William Morris, which I'll um, I'll put a link up to in the chat. Um, nice. Really interesting you're, person. And um, you're a very popular caller. You know, William. Did you say William Morris? Oh, never mind. Yeah, man. I'm wrong. I, I was thinking of Philip Morris, and I was going to say like, oh, that's got a whole different <laughs> name. In the United States, but uh, uh, no, William Morris is not the name of the cigarettes guy. Sorry, I just have cigarettes on my no, mind. I'm, I quit. I, oh man, I'm I, I I quit like two years ago, but I'm still chewing nicotine gum like really hard. And it's funny because in New I, Zealand, like you're talking about, um, uh, like like free healthcare, like we get free nicotine gum. So I'll just pop down to the pharmacy and get a giant box full of free nicotine gum. So there's really no reason to quit it. Kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I ate one lozenge last Monday at like nine thirty. It made me feel bad, and uh, I was just like, eh, "I've quit before." You just got to go through like two or three weeks of kind of having this bad feeling, and then it goes away, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. So, I mean, you know, I'm just gonna wait it out. Just wait it out. Every time I think I want to go smoke, I just go like, uh, well, if I go do that, it'll start the withdrawal process all over again, and I'll have to just start again. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm, try bullshit, I'm trying man. to do the and right I, thing I don't know how much a packet of I don't know how much a packet of cigarettes is in Ohio, but in New Zealand, like a pack of Marlboros is for, for 20 packs, probably I think like $28, $29 at the moment. It's fucked okay, up. Okay, there's seven, seven dollars here. <laughs> Dude, I'd still smoke if I lived there. <laughs> they're cheaper in other places. I mean, that's like kind of an average sort of price, but there are some places where they're even cheaper than that. So in in the south. So and and somebody in the chat said nicotine gum sounds disgusting. It's not. It's good. 
I mean, it's it's fun when you get into it. Like, like it, you have that instant first, like this tastes like shit, but then obviously it's got nicotine, so you really want to fucking chew it after that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for calling. Call back sometime. People in the chat even want you to call back sometime. Hell yeah, um, I definitely will. I'll try to Skype off some more Mondays at work. Nice, yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you for calling. All right, sweet as bro. You have a good one. You too. Well, that was fucking cool. Somebody from New Zealand called the show. That was nice. Um, all right. I'm going to uh, take this last call. Oh, wait a minute. Here, I'm going to allow just a couple more. Uh, if people want to. Okay. All right, three. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow more calls, okay? But uh, don't get mad at me. I've I've added three calls, and uh, let's do this. Let me take this next call. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who am I talking to tonight? Oh no, you're probably on mute. My guess is that you're on mute. So check your phone. Hit unmute, and then we should be able to talk. If you're in the 402 area code, you're going to want to answer your phone because you've been waiting. You've been waiting a long time, 45 minutes, and I'm going to give you just a few more minutes here, but I'm going to have to hang up, you know, and that's not something I want to do. It makes me feel bad. It makes me feel guilty. So uh, I hate to think of somebody waiting 46 minutes and then not getting their call in. So I apologize. I have to hang up. But uh, if I see a call back in, uh, I'll, I'll try to pick you up. You, you still got a little bit of time. Man, you know what? What if, I was going to make that the last call. And if that would have been the last call, that would have been like getting cut at work. Like when, when you work like at a, at a restaurant or, a, or in retail or anything like that, when you get like an hour away from your shift being over and they're just like, bro, just go home, you know, and you get to leave an hour early. That was a good fucking feeling. I love that. But you know what? I didn't do that. Okay. And uh, Dominic uh, in the chat said, uh, just call him back like Grease Man. And uh, here's the thing. I will never do that. But uh, that is what still, if I had to think of like what the most embarrassing shock jock thing I ever heard was, it was the grease man calling people and being like, uh, uh, them saying like, well, I'm, uh, I'm on my way into work. So can't talk grease man. <laughs> I mean, I only played one of those calls, but there were several of those calls. I had my pick of the amount of calls I could do, but that one I picked because the grease man was doing like, oh, uh, waddle doodle and, 
and the guy was doing an impression of him. So it was sort of like an embarrassing thing on both sides. And, uh, and uh, uh, throw throne of human skull said, do you think grease man ever lets people tell him how to live? No, he never has, you know, except for when they threw him off the air, he throw him off the air and uh, they, that's how they told him how to live. So, all right, I'm going to take this last call. Uh, I, I gave the other person a chance to call. I gave other people a chance to call. Let's see what this last call is. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hum diddly, hum diddly. Don't do that. <laughs> what a little lie, what a little lie. So <laughs> What's up, Brian? It's, uh, it's Riku <laughs> in the chat. It's Castrati on Twitter. How's it going? What is up? That was uh, what a little lie, what a little low. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was really a good. Little, I had expected little... <laughs> somebody to call and do Grease Man stuff someday. So it happening yeah. just now was it, it was hot it made me very happy that you did that okay i'm i'm glad that made you happy i am genuinely burdened with the fact that i am the guy who called in and did the grease man bit no you're the best that is like actually i i really thought people were going to call and do the water little la 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 and uh, uh, then I could say, don't do that. Don't, let's not do that anymore. Let's not do that anymore. But like uh, uh, nobody ended up doing it. So I didn't get tired of it. And I loved it. Well, I, thank you. I feel like it at least came up naturally enough. It did. It did. Okay. Well, so, uh, so what's Brian, going on I, tonight? Uh, not shit, dude. Uh, I, I resigned from my job. For the second time, uh, I've resigned from this job. And that's not what I'm calling about, but I just, that, that, that's the space where I'm at right now. Congratulations on resigning from a job for the second time. So thank you. That's cool. I was foolish to, I was foolish to crawl back into hell thinking that anything better would happen. Just foolish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah, anyway. go to, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So let me ask this, though. I, I, I want to clarify this. So you basically said yeah. that I'm quitting. Them motherfuckers talked you into yeah. staying. And now you have to quit. Again. No, 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 no. No, no. It's, it's even better. Because I, okay, so it, it's long. And that's why I'm trying, like, to not, I, I condense it to I quit because of a COVID thing. I quit because of the way they reacted to a question I asked them about COVID safety. They really weren't doing too much about it when it was like peak. And so I just like, was like, fuck this. Like I got, I got to go. I don't feel safe. This is before vaccines were, were available. And so okay. I then, and then when I got my vaccine, we kind of left it open-ended because they were kind of pricks and they jerked me around a little bit with like health insurance, like being still active for like a, a little bit after I was, uh, you know, let go and, or I chose to leave and just kind of jerked me around a little bit. And then I came back in 
after I got the COVID shot because largely I was like, you know, I got to make fucking money. I applied to a few jobs online. They didn't really pan out. I kind of got scammed on one. I wasn't really feeling good. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just go back. I, I can at least make money at a place that I know I can sit on my ass for like and listen to podcasts and like just do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and, I, I, yeah, good. I do have to say that like, I don't really, here's what I know about myself. Just after hearing you say yeah. that, I, I just want to, because like, so COVID when it hit, um, I think I would love to think like I would quit if they weren't handling COVID right. But I know who I am as a person and uh, what would have ended up actually happening would have been me saying like, I, I uh, uh, am going to quit if they don't start handling COVID right to my wife and then never quit, but complain about how they weren't handling COVID. So I have to tell you, I think it's really cool that you did do the resigning when it counted because I, I am such a chicken shit. No. Well, so also we work with a lot of like older people and he was, and it was one of those things where it's like, Oh, you don't have to wear your mask. If you're at your desk and you're like six feet apart, whatever the desks are not fucking six feet apart. And these people cough and wheeze. I mean, they, all they do, sorry. All they do is get food from the vending machine and like pop and they're all, that's all they're drinking. So they're going like <sighs> most of the time. And like, I'm doing that too. And I'm younger, which is, you know, sad, but whatever. I'm also like thinking about them in the grander scheme of things. That's a good, I mean, that's, that's a good way to think. I like that, but I'm but just also, like, I, that's not, like, that's not the big thing. I legit, I just quit because they were being pricks to me. Let, let it be yeah. known. Okay. I mean, that's just as good a reason as any. And so, and so I, I went back and the, I had talked in my unemployment claims. I got some unemployment money, but I talked in my unemployment claims about how they really weren't following those COVID procedures. And so I come back and I'm talking to the boss and he's like, oh yeah, well, you know, uh, I actually, uh, we kind of want to hire you back and we'll, we'll want to give you that second chance. But, uh, you know, you kind of said some things about us in your, you know, unemployment oh. claim and, uh, they oh, didn't no. exactly, you know, reflect the truth. And I was like, I actually said, uh, well, you know, first of all, that doesn't matter because we're vaccinated. So I got the moot point. Second, uh, it really, you weren't doing the right thing. And I also know that other people around there were saying that you weren't doing the right thing. Like my wife who works with me. Oh, your wife works with you and did, did she quit too? Or did she just stick around? No, 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 no. She's been there the whole time. Oh, she's that actually sucks. like the company's most, She's the company's most valuable asset, I would say. Like that, and that's not just me, like, like irradiating wise guy energy. That really is just like that. That is true. <laughs> she is a very skilled worker. Yeah, yeah. I, I, hey, you know, I think my wife is really great at her job too, and I think she is the nicest person at work. 
But uh, whenever yeah. she tells me about a review she got, they're like, they told me I need to be nicer. So I never been, I've personally never been told that at a job. So I can't imagine what she's doing to those people. At I shit work. you not. But, one, <laughs> one, one of the reviews she gets, like she'll randomly get little raises and the boss will be like, do you have any friends who are just like you? I mean, can you bring anyone in? Excuse me. Sorry for the burp. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. We burp on this show. It's a shock jock show. We're shock jocks. Oh, uh, Brian, I am a li I am a listener. I know we burp. Okay, I just don't feel right doing it. I haven't been doing it anymore though, because I I quit drinking seltzer water. So my really? burps are all gone. I haven't drank seltzer water in like a few, uh, at least a year. Uh, I switch to Gatorade. I just drink Gatorade Zero while I'm recording. And even then, I realized today that the reason I was drinking Gatorade yeah. so much is because cigarettes make your mouth taste like shit. And uh, it's nice to get a different flavor in there after you smoke the cigarette. So I switched to Gatorade, just drinking Gatorade all the time because I was trying to get that taste out of my mouth. Cause today I was drinking water. I was like, water's tight though, man. I like water, but uh, yeah, I haven't had Dude, water is super tight. Yeah, it's tight. It's good stuff. So I, I could go back to seltzer water again. I just, I don't know. I, 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 I loved it, but like I couldn't drink it on stage uh, because I was always burping on stage too. And also there was probably at least seven or eight times or more. This is such a fucking understatement uh, where I would go. I would go and buy seltzer water before the show. I would bring it in. I would get on stage. I would go to open it and it would blow up all over me. And it would look like I fucking pissed my pants on stage over and over again to the point where I was just like, you know what? I'm just fucking going to drink water on stage from now on. I just don't drink yeah. booze. So I want to have fun drinks too. everybody that drinks booze gets to be like, oh, I'm fucking having a cocktail and all this shit. And it's like a really good flavor. I don't know if it's a good flavor because I don't drink. But uh, uh, as Smoky far barbecue as drinking, cocktail, like some gross shit. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah that stuff sounds gross yeah but i want to be able to have drinks too that's what got me into coffee because it was just like well fuck it i guess i'll just drink coffee uh i like the flavor of that and i like the feeling it gives me but other than that like we don't really get drinks i keep going out to eat because sometimes you go to one of these fucking farm to table joints and they don't uh -huh. have pop at all they don't have like the soda gun or anything like that and i like to have like a like a sprite or a diet pepsi with my dinner so yeah completely understandable that is that's like definitely like that makes me mad because when you go there and you're like i don't know fucking i guess i'll just drink water with my steak um but you know <laughs> I mean, that's another I, I complaint the need, <laughs> the need for a flavored beverage really is strong and so so what did you what did you end up drinking oh god this was the worst thing in the world i have to google it real quick too 
because like if, I, if this is I, I'm gonna if this is too much, Brian, you don't have to do it. I no, I'm gonna Google it because it was the worst experience of my life. It was called a bush. Uh, they told me a bush. Oh, is, a razor blade suitcase. No, <laughs> a shrub. I'm sorry, it's called a shrub or a bush. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, basically, it is. I, I can't. I can't find what the bush is, but it was called a bush or a shrub or some shit. And it was like some kind of fermented, uh -huh. but it didn't get you drunk. It just tasted like fucking vinegar. And it was like the so worst like flavor I've ever had. It was, but I don't know what it is without alcohol. It could have been them mixing kombucha with seltzer water. Because at first they tried to tell me oh. they were going to make me a root beer. Like they were going to mm -hmm. make root beer at the bar. And I was like, that sounds fucking rad. Yeah. Fucking you're going to make me fresh root beer. I didn't even know that could happen. And then the bartender came back and was like, or the wait, waiter came back and was like, oh, well, actually, I mean, we can, we can give you this bush. And now that you bring it up, it could have been kombucha and seltzer. And, uh, but at that time I was just like, I can't, I cannot fucking drink. This is the worst flavor I've ever had in my life. I like kombucha now. Yeah, I really, I don't really vibe with kombucha. Like I, I sold a lot of it when I worked at a health food store, but like, I didn't like it. And I like, when I sampled it, it was fucking like really gross to me. Brett just found it for me. It, uh, uh, the word shrub can also refer to a cocktail or soft drink that was popular during the colonial area era made by mixing a vinegared syrup with spirits, water or carbonated water. Like, oh, that's like a really. That is it's just if somebody comes wow. to a fucking farm to table restaurant and was like, give me a diet Pepsi. I'll bet you they're not going to like a shrub. That's just fucking my guess. No, so I, I'm thinking it's the guy who's coming in. He's like coming off the hard day on the ranch. He's like, oh, man, give me a shrub. I need it. <laughs> God damn it. It's tough out there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a fucking I want like a sweet treat drink is what I want. Actually, you know. Diet Pepsi is actually aspartame. It's chemically not sweet, but I love aspartame. It's, Give it's me my, uh, my favorite drink. <laughs> I, I do know that you have a propensity for the diet sodas. I do know that you enjoy your aspartame. I, I don't fuck with aspartame it. either. It just leaves that weird taste in my mouth. I am wired to hate that shit, I think. I love that taste. Ooh. Like that taste it leaves in your that, mouth is one of my favorite tastes in the whole world. Is that why you like Gatorade Zero? It doesn't have it in it, but I like Gatorade Zero because uh, I it was all they had at the store once or twice at yeah. the gas station or something. And I kept buying and, and I just bought it because it was all they had. And I like do have that propensity for for uh drinking diet drinks so i i just bought it and uh then i bought a regular gatorade and uh yeah. it felt too thick so that was not good 
Okay, cheese sandwich. Cheese you, sandwich in the chat said aspartame causes brain damage. Explains a lot. Okay, well, that's a good point. That All is right? very, Brian does not have brain damage. I mean, wait, Brian, <laughs> you did talk about like puffing gas and stuff. So you might have like a little brain damage, but it's not like you were trying to do it. You were just trying to get high. I get it. Yeah, I mean, so you think it causes brain damage, but you're totally right. Castrati, uh, let me tell you something. I used to huff gasoline every yes. day for like two summers. You know, I did acid God the damn. first time when I was 12. So, and that rules. Go. Like, that's Jeez sincerely sandwich. like, I think about that and I'm like, that is fucking insane. I mean, it doesn't rule from the perspective <laughs> of like a child being experienced as such a raw substance at such a young age, but the fact that you like have the backstory. Like you talk about wanting to be a legend, and I think you really are a legend in your own right when you talk about these <laughs> things. <laughs> it was just easy to get my hands on drugs when I was a kid. I think about that now when I'm just like, I who, why would that? I mean, she was only 16. I, I, I'll say this the girl that gave it to us was 16, yeah. but goddamn, given 12 year olds acid. Like giving 12 year olds a 10 strip is such a fucking crazy thing that I could not imagine doing something with, you know, like I could No, you should not. No. Yeah. And acid, even if it was just weed, it's like, you know, I don't want 12 year olds smoking weed, but if a 12 year old smoking weed, uh, I'm not going to panic. But if a 12-year-old does acid, it's, it's like almost like you would rather him do cocaine than acid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I, I feel like, so at 16, you've probably, I mean, if you're already selling acid, you don't believe it. But, like, you've seen those films in school or whatever that are like, acid is going to give you, like, flashbacks forever and ever or whatever, which is not true. Oh. But like, I thought it was cool that that was going to happen, though. Back then, when they told me that, I was yeah, like, oh, that's tight. Because, like, acid's only five bucks. It'll and free trip. That's like 30 years. <laughs> but, yeah, like, you don't want any, you don't want kids to do drugs. Like, I'm not saying you want kids to do drugs. Like, I want to be clear. That's not, like, my endorsement on the show. Yeah, no, I don't think kids do drugs. Um, so, okay, I just want to make sure, Brian, as I'm checking. I, 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 hey, it's good to ask, but okay. So Brett is telling me, uh, that I shouldn't want kids to do cocaine. And I want to be perfectly clear here. I don't want kids to do cocaine. I just think a 12 year old doing acid <laughs> seems worse, maybe in a weird way <laughs> than Coke, but I get what you're saying. Coke is bad too. Coke no, is it bad does. Too. I, I, I think. I think it seems like it might be like, hmm, like one. No, I actually don't know. I, I can't speak on it. I, I will once again <laughs> defer to Brett in the chat. I feel like he knows the most. Yeah, he's I mean, he's he's definitely right. Um, he's definitely right. I, I will agree with I have done coke, but in a very it was, I was like 17. Um, but like. It's, it's, I always think of it. I don't know. They put them on Adderall, you know, 
um i'm trying to figure it out i just have no idea i have no fucking clue what drug Not you no would clue. allow a kid to do that wouldn't be as bad as maybe that's a uh, conversation for of, next uh, week Adderall, which you're <laughs> yeah maybe well, that's Brian. a conversation for next week i think and uh we can do yeah. that thing where it's like uh uh so what is the order of drugs you you think a 12 year old should do <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. what a tier list brian wow <laughs> the, what is the double s rank drug for the 12 year old to do that does not fuck them up i mean it probably is like having a couple of sips of like beer i guess or like <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean when i was eight i used to fucking take sips of my parents margarita mix chichi's brand margarita mix until i started to feel anything uh but uh you know it didn't it didn't like fuck me up or anything because i didn't ever get all the way drunk but yeah i i did used yeah. to do that so did you have something else i mean i i really should let you go i've been like complaining about the bullshit i'm i'm so sorry for like going on about like the unemployment thing i apologize about that that you really wasn't why do, i called do, that is why people call we'll call back again i got i got one more call to take and then i'm i'm gonna okay. call the night off but thank you for calling it's good to hear Hell from you yeah, brian castrati c-u-s-s-t-r-a-t-i from heavy pot is heavy yes, uh follow him thank on you. twitter he's really good he's a good follow and uh thanks for calling buddy thanks peace man all right, that was Castrati. Let's take this last call. A thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? We, as in me, in the chat, and Brett's in the chat. So you know. Yes, yes, it's Grayson from Orange County, California. A fixer punk in the chat. Um, it's great to speak with you tonight, Brian. Yeah, well, thank you, Grayson. What's what's going on tonight? Um, well, I've been wanting to make this call for uh, for a couple weeks, um, and I know it's a subject that you specifically would probably be very passionate and happy about, and that is um, both the whole side, which is stuff I've talked about before, um, sort of the differences between um, progressive and conservative media and a and sort of the one-dimensional nature of the whole progressive side that i think needs to change a bit and an excellent example for progressives to follow and that excellent example it just happens to now be aew world champion adam page ah, um, yeah. Actually, he is cool yeah yeah i i was very i he was actually what got me into AEW in the first place. I saw an article uh, about his story, and then I watched like the uh, like the same night I saw that I saw that article, and I got into AEW ever since. And um, it's just so incredible because you look at you, you look at the guy like if you were to just show a picture of him in like a survey focus group whatever, you'd think that he's an 
Ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live, guy. But quite, yeah. quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Very, very, pro- very progressive um, and very creative and funny. Kind of in a similar way to the way Street Fight Radio, uh, in terms of on the air, using a very um, sort of comedic approach to uh, to discussing progressive politics, which I really haven't seen anywhere. I've tried i've spent quite a bit of time like trying to like survey what's on msnbc what's on the one place you can find progressive talk radio which is uh is a channel on sirius xm and on the conservative side you had a lot of very edgy personalities a lot of guys that really want to show they're really like showing their strength talking about how how they wanted to uh take on the liberals sounded very strong very entertaining there's no and I don't see as much of that on the progressive side, to be honest. And then when I'm seeing this, this cowboy sp- speaking about how every, how any cowboy worth their salt um, knows that black lives matter and making these very comedic references and showing both the level of emotional vulnerability, showing off how telling people how anxious he is and his own insecurities and his own fears about the world while being incredibly strong, showing exceptional performance and putting him in the, among the top athletes um, of our time right now. Um, that's the kind of example that I, I see lacking in the progressive side, especially when it comes to, when it comes to men, because people have this sort of image in their mind. Conservatives use that whole word soy boy a lot. Um, and you have like basically the perfect diametric counterexample um, and not somebody who is basically just following the conservative model, but is showing all aspects of it, all the areas of inclusion um, in terms of in terms of progressivism, um, caring about caring about other people genuinely and 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 showing that you can get to the level of being a champion, not just basically being somebody who's in sort of a defeated state um, where you're, where you're fighting for something, you're asking for somebody to help you because you can't help yourself, which obviously those perspectives are important in progressive discourse, the people who can't help themselves, but also having the, having the perspective of, look, you can, here's the top, here's the top of where you can succeed. You have the bottom world represent, but you have, here's the top of the level you can achieve while still holding true your values and wanting to care for other people and not just um, stomping upon uh, uh, stomping upon those those underneath you I've written a few articles actually about it I even wound up getting a little bit of a gig on a pro wrestling website as a result of one of them um, and I do uh, if, if you don't mind me mentioning, um, I, I do have links to it on my, on my website, which is also the website for my podcast. Yeah. Okay, mention it. Mention give, that. Them, give them the address. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's on fixer punk, just like my name in the chat, F I X E R P U N K.com. Um, and I have a whole ca- compilation of my analyses on Adam page and the example he has. Um, and, I also have stuff up on ProWrestlingMusings.com, which is mostly an AEW like anal- analysis page of with a whole group of writers doing a lot of data-driven stuff. But I'm more of their sort of the quantitative sciences. I'm more the social sciences thinker um, within that group. 
analyzing sort of this very prog- this pro- progressivism that's really growing in in pro wrestling, which surprised me, even as somebody who's very perceptive about social change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is like it seems like I don't know. I guess if I had to, you know, guess, um, you know, Brian Danielson becoming the champion back in, you know, 2014 or 13, WrestleMania 30, uh, is what got me back into it. And I was already kind of, you know, I had left politics at that time. Street fight was already going on. And, and I was like, Oh, you know, I'm kind of interested in this and was very surprised at like the way the the audiences for a lot of wrestling are are like pretty progressive people um not all of it is not everybody but you can't have a hundred percent of anything yeah and uh i i i think it i think it's really interesting that that i don't know the audiences seem to be really sort of open to stuff even in this low culture form of of art or entertainment that but i mean that's what people think of it they think it's like backwards people doing watching backwards you know fake fighting and shit which i guess maybe it is but but like i think that like a lot of people are working uh, not working a lot of a lot of people got into it at that time because you know they kind of bought into the the daniel bryan thing and then it kind of ushered in this this maybe more left community and i also think that like a lot of independent promotions like sort of tried to court that group of people because i do think it's easier to get liberals not liberals but but leftists and and more more progressive type people to follow something that is dubbed as independent or indie because yeah. you know we just always that's where we get all of our fucking stuff over here because everything else is bad you know yeah yeah of course and and with with AEW emerging and allowing a greater level of creative expression from their athletes um as compared to WWE it's certainly grown that it may be kind of latent i remember in a uh in a campaign strategy class i had at, when i was studying at USC um one of uh, the professor of that class um was a uh, strategist uh for uh John McCain was actually explaining how the where he saw a lot of uh, political opportunity uh, in terms of all the sports. He's like, okay, when you're putting together your media buying for your campaigns, if you want to reach men of both political sides, um, you advertise um, on UFC or MMA. And then I looked at the chart that, that where going over all the major sports and I saw this strange I, I thought it was so strange. I said, okay, so UFC is completely centrist, which I think now it's gone completely to, completely to the right. Whatever my professor yeah. was saying was clearly heeded yeah. by conservatives um, very, very well. 
um, too well, to be honest. Um, but then I saw this strange thing there. WWE is like strangely out here on the left, out here on the left. I'm like, okay, and, and it doesn't seem to correlate. Well, it's a combat sport. I don't see where all the difference is. Um, but we're seeing those latent attitudes um, come out a little bit more, and I'm starting to understand it um, even even more. And the whole indie thing, yeah, it makes sense because I see pro wrestling more as being a form of expression similar to the action sports like skateboarding and surfing than it is, than it is purely combat or fighting for fighting's sake um, type uh, activity. So... That it's it's definitely a very intriguing area, and I'll continue to think about it. And sure you've definitely been thinking about it as well. Um, but yeah. I'm glad um, to have uh, this new form, of this change, and this place where we can see. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we have very very strong people, and they are progressive and leftist, and we have an example now that we can call back to when we get that soy boy argument. For sure, and I have um, so. Me and Brad are going to be off for a month. We're we're putting together shows and stuff. the The feed will be completely filled up the whole time. Obviously, we're not going to leave you without shit. But uh, I am recording tomorrow a a pro wrestling uh, Patreon show for for like a bonus content that will play probably the week after Christmas on that. Friday. I don't know. I can't give you like exact days because I don't know what order he's going to post yeah. stuff. But like, uh, yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to talk wrestling with uh, uh, the everything elite boys and, uh, you know, kind of just talk about a big picture and end of year stuff and and uh, just like philosophies and, and opinions on stuff so i'm actually kind of excited to to do that episode i i have uh done like two or three wrestling episodes and all of the patreon so uh i try to you know steer clear of it most of the time but sometimes it just has to come out because i love wrestling <laughs> but yeah uh, and I, i'd love i'd love to hear it and thank yeah. You, yeah, thank you so much for, for taking my call at the end of the show. And of course, you can find uh, my content on this subject at fixerpunk.com. I'll post it in the chat as well. You have a good night. Sweet. Thanks, Grayson. You have a good night, too. All right, everybody. I ended up unbelievably somehow doing uh, two hours. So I did it all by myself um feel pretty good about it and uh you know what i'm gonna go now everybody have a good time you know tell your friends the patreon is cool or whatever i don't know uh all that stuff and again we'll be putting out a lot of sh shit over over the holidays so you know, get on a Patreon. There's going to be some really fun, interesting shows. And the main feed is going to have some really fun, interesting shows on it. Like, uh, uh, we just did one with Minion Death Cult um, that is just kind of an hour of us bullshitting with them. And, and we're going to do one with Jesse from YKS. And uh, it's just going to be a bullshit Nash show. So everybody have a good night. I am out of here. Quite often I get to thinking, as kids how we got by. Like Christmas time in our house, we couldn't afford a fire. But we got by in our house, 
Back then when I was young Dad used to suck a peppermint And we'll all sit round his tongue We didn't have no tinsel On our Christmas tree So we just wheeled old granddad in And made the old cunt sneeze Wheel him round the other side granny Well time goes so fucking fast I've got kids narrow me home And I heard them unwrap their presents Last night when I got home Santa Claus you cunt Where's my fucking boy? I ran up to this other chap There's nothing what I like I wrote your fucking letter I'll come to see it twice You geriatric wanker Where's my fucking boy? If I wanted a pair of fucking socks I would've fucking asked Pink on Santa Claus Stick right up your arse When am I my old run? So not to make you spew But it's not that this man is crying My sister's pissed off too you cunt, where's my fucking plan? You promised me you fucking cunt, you know who I am Cause I'm a little girl, you mate, sit right on your end Never mind your ho ho ho, where's my fucking plan? This time I come to see him done, I punch him in the gut Serve his fucking reindeer, he'll kick Rudolph in the nuts Just you wait till next year, we come through that store Me and my little sister, come running through that door Check his breath, watch his blood, your eyes Don't listen to him, boys and girls He's a fucking noise This ain't a pervert, no he fucking blow it That fucking wanker, forgot my fucking boy Santa Claus, you come, where's my fucking boy? Around that sort of savage jam, there's nothing more I like I wrote your fucking letter, I'll come and see it twice You geriatric wanker, where's my fucking boy? Gonna tell my dad on you Punch a fucking lights out Come